This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, college football playoff. We are finally here with the final four. We're all set up. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU to break it down. A semi round table, tri tri table, I guess you could say. Bruce Marshall, the gold sheet, and Matt Humans from Vison. I'm Jimmy Ott with you. Well, um, any surprise that TCU uh, got in? Uh, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, I wonder if they had a game to lose in that uh, Big 12 championship game. Personally, it's the way they lost. They were on the ropes. And I think when the Kansas State wide receiver Knowles went down, lost a little bit of their explosive element on offense, TCU was kind of on the ropes from getting letting that game get away from them. That may have been different. When they got into overtime, Duggan with a heroic effort uh, with his legs, Got it to overtime, and then they lost uh, in OT. Bruce, first of all, your thoughts. You surprised TCU's in. Not really, because by the parameters they set this up, I think they got it right. Do I think TCU's one of the four best teams? No. Um, I mean, they'd be an underdog to several teams here. Alabama would be more than a TD favorite. So would Clemson. So well, healthy Tennessee, although Tennessee's not healthy now. But by the parameters they set up, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think they've got the right four here by those parameters. I will say this, though. Uh, if, if there is one team that impacted the Final Four that nobody's really mentioning, uh, though I think we have a little bit, uh, South Carolina, because both in November, both Tennessee and Clemson, uh, had they not lost to the Gamecocks, either or or both uh, could be here uh, instead of TCU and Ohio State. And credit South Carolina for knocking them both out and knocking uh, Hendon Hooker out at the same time. Yeah. So. A note to South Carolina for impacting the composition of this thing because I think TCU in particular can thank the Gamecocks for doing some of the dirty work for them down the stretch, and Ohio State probably too. Matt, you talked about that when we talked about the Notre Dame and South Carolina a bowl game. You, you mentioned that, and uh, of course, you know the top five finish. You think they knocked them both out of uh, the college football playoff? Well, when you knock out Hendon Hooker, you knock out Tennessee. It's not the same team. So you can't, you can't make any sort of case for the balls. They get blown out 63-38. to 38, And uh, <clears throat> Spencer Rattler passes for 438 yards and six touchdowns with no picks. How about that, Bruce? Where'd that come yeah. from? Uh, I don't think – is there a team that had two wins better than what South Carolina had late in the season against Tennessee – and Clemson, I don't, I don't see how it's possible. And uh, if Dabo Sweeney had gone to Cade Klubnik sooner, Clemson would probably be a playoff team instead of TCU. And uh, Bruce is right. I echo his thoughts. Uh, by the parameters set by the committee, you can say the committee got it right by putting the Horn Frogs in. 
unfortunately, if uh, you talk about uh, who's favored, Nick Saban even goes on national TV <laughs> interviews yeah. and starts talking about favorites and underdogs. That's what cracks me up. That's how different this world is now. Every, coaches will talk about the betting aspect. Saban's like, uh, who would be favored on a neutral? Well, I, I've talked to odds makers who, who believe Alabama would be a 10-point favorite over TCU on a neutral. So if that's true, then it's not right to have uh, TCU in. But, you know, Bama lost twice on the road on the last play of the game. And I think uh, Bama probably deserved to be in there. But, you know, I'm not going to cry for Bama. I think we all want to see something a little bit different. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's okay with me that Nick Saban's on the outside looking in. I'm just amazed. Freaking amazed that Nick Saban's able to convince Bryce Young and Will Anderson to play in the Sugar Bowl <laughs> when those guys are going to be top five picks. Yep, they uh, it's uh, it's called the NIL insurance policy. So yeah. they've uh, they got them lined up with an insurance policy and a, and a little bit a little bump, a little bonus, and uh, you know it was. He was caught on tape. He was not speaking publicly. He didn't think so when he was bashing Jimbo Fisher and how they got that number one recruiting class of all time because he made sure of that because his, now it was even better. You know, this, the A&M class of 2022 was considered the best ever. This one is better. And, uh, again, as far as the rankings are concerned. So he got those boosters riled up. They ponied up that money, and he made sure he was not going to have uh, as weak of a roster as he did this year. And that's the thing with Bama this year, too. And the SEC West is, is – tell me when it's not the strongest. But, man, Auburn not close to what they normally are. A&M, big-time underperformer. And the team that won it, LSU's had so much better teams than the, this team that won the West. Yeah, let me say one more thing about South Carolina. Uh, they knocked Hooker out, uh, so they hurt him. I mean, that's like yeah, Ken, Norton broke Ali, Ken Norton broke Ali's jaw, okay? He broke it, so he won that, you know, <laughs> helped him win that fight, so they did that. And Nick Saban, he might as well have been channeling Mort Olshan because that's what Mort used to say <laughs> 30, 35 years ago to us. Who'd be favored over whom? And uh, so I thought that was pretty funny, too, when Saban said that. Use it at his convenience. So, uh, you know, whenever it's right. So he's uh, he, he doesn't care. Let's get to the games. The first one, Michigan 8 and 58 and a half right now against TCU. TCU is one of those. This is something with the color purple in football this year. The Minnesota Vikings, 11-0 one-score games. And then TCU having these breaks. I mean, you know, these big leads and starting quarterbacks going out against them in the middle of the game. Kansas State had two quarterbacks go out in, in the same game. But they still have to get a lot of credit as well. Big 12 didn't – it wasn't strong at the top, but it was very deep. And you didn't have any type of layups uh, in the Big 12 this year. Um, and when Iowa State and West Virginia were maybe your two worst teams, that is not that bad. Michigan 8, 58 and a half, second time around here for the Wolverines. Bruce, start with you. Yeah, you're right about uh, TCU. And, and by the way, I know uh, Max Duggan, we've talked about him uh, all year. Uh, this year's Brock Purdy. Here I see they're projecting him, oh, sixth or seventh round pick, you know, Good. The same guys who loved uh, Zach Wilson to be the one of the top picks in the draft are dissing uh, Duggan. I think he's got a shot to stick the next. He's a tough hombre, and uh, he, he's doing everything that Sonny wanted. You're very right when you say that about the Big 12, and I thought throughout the season that was the one thing that impressed me about uh, TCU because in a league that was really cannibalizing itself, 
um, and everybody beating everybody else. The one team that stood above the fray and kept avoiding defeat was TCU, and that is no, and that is that is some accomplishment this year just to avoid that in a very competitive league, and they they managed to avoid defeat until, like you mentioned, right in the last seconds in overtime of the Big Twelve uh, title game. Uh, uh, Sunny. Sonny Dykes is hands down coach of the year this year. There's a lot of speed on that offense. And Duggan wasn't even really the guy at the start of the year. He was rotating three quarterbacks the opening game at Colorado. Uh, but Morris's injury and then some other things pretty soon, Duggan was in the saddle. Like I said, he's one tough hombre. He is very tough to bring down in the pocket. He can run. He's had some big runs this year. And his passing is much better than I ever thought it was going to be. Maybe that's uh, up to Dykes' offense. But uh, they have an explosive ground game. Uh, they have a big play passing attack, and they are really, really dangerous. I will say this, though. You made the other point, Jimmy, which I thought is pretty important. The Big 12 had a lot of good teams. I'm not sure they had any other great teams uh, this year. And TCU was sort of at the end. They did run up that score on Iowa State, but a lot of close calls, like you mentioned, like the Vikings of the Big 12. Um, and at the end, it finally caught up with them in that game against uh, Kansas State. They haven't faced anything uh, close to Michigan yet uh so i i think this is going to be the big challenge for tcu getting over the hump against a team of this caliber which they haven't faced yet this season uh at what you think well first of all i hope i'm not on the opposite side of bruce marshall because word on the street is he's been red hot in college football this year so i want to be on bruce's side in this game this i this is not a uh a real strong opinion here but i will have a play on this game i thought a year ago after winning the Super Bowl, which is what essentially what it was for Michigan when it knocked off Ohio State, the Wolverines had kind of a just-happy-to-be-here mentality when they got to the playoff. They were unprepared. They got smoked by Georgia 34-11, to and it really wasn't that close. Uh, so the role reversal this time around is interesting because Michigan's the number two seed and the favorite. TCU is a Cinderella story. Uh so Michigan's got the classic Big Ten offense here, smash mouth, even without Blake Corum. Uh, Wolverines piled up 252 yards on 35 carries against Ohio State. Donovan Edwards, 216 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Edwards again in the Big Ten title game, 185 yards against Purdue. He's legit. J.J. McCarthy actually only completed 12 passes against Ohio State, but he had 263 yards and three touchdowns on those 12 completions. Jim Harbaugh, who's been a little bit too conservative with his offense in a lot of years, uh, finally went more vertical, gambled a little bit with the pass, and have burned the Buckeyes. Uh, I do I do have some questions here about the Wolverines' defense. It can bend. It doesn't break in the red zone too often. But Michigan allowed 456 total yards to Purdue in the Big Ten title game. It was outgained yeah. by about 80 yards. Max Duggan who's a dual-threat quarterback. I think he can take a page from what Purdue did effectively and add to it. Uh, TCU's defense did struggle against the run against K-State, allowed 205 yards in that Big 12 title game, so that concerns me. You know, the Michigan State, uh, Michigan, excuse me, scoring defense number five in the nation, 13.4 points per game. But again, this TCU offense, 40.3 points per game. I think ranks up there with Ohio State and Purdue and the offenses that gave Michigan some problems. Uh, Wolverines have the experience edge. This is all new for Duggan, Sonny Dykes, and TCU. But uh, it's tempting for me to take the points here. Jim Harbaugh, Bruce knows this, Jim Harbaugh is 1-5 in bowl games since he's been Michigan coach. He's lost five in a row. Uh, 
It's tempting here. I think I'm going to take the points with TCU, Jimmy. Give me the eight. All right. Uh, so, uh, Matt, uh, with the uh, the eight, I, it's a tough one uh, for me. Um, I think that the weakest unit, um, you know, offense or defense for all four of these teams is TCU's defense. Maybe you can make an argument for Ohio State's defense has given up a ton as well this year. Um, so, I really like this Michigan team the second time around. Um, concerns this year were they, they Maryland played them toe-to-toe, uh, and Lotua got uh, knocked out for a series or two in that one. Um, Illinois maybe should have beaten them in, uh, when both Ohio State and Nebraska, I mean, Ohio State and Michigan looked less than spectacular the week before their matchup uh, in Columbus. But then the best two teams on their, on their, on their, uh, rec, uh, their schedule this year, I mean, they, Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State was 41-17, and it was not that close. I mean, they, they jammed it down their throat, and Ohio State was so worried about their running game that they overloaded the box and gave some easy over-the-top uh, opportunities, and it was three big-time you know, vertical plays with the tight end and the wide receiver. That they, And I've never seen an Ohio State team that just felt overmatched where they had to try and – gimmick or overload and wouldn't play more sort of base. So this Michigan team scares me a lot. Um, They were maybe unprepared, but they were completely overmatched in that semifinal game last year. 15 guys are gone from that Georgia team now. I mean, we keep waiting for them to kind of stumble a little bit, and maybe the Oregon game and the Tennessee game were outstanding. But there's a lot of less than spectacular performances over the course of the season for Georgia as well. But, guys, I'm going to get it out, right, out the way right now. Michigan's my team to win it all. I, I'll go college basketball with you, Matt. What was the thought that the second time that Duke would have a chance against UNLV with, uh, you know, when they came back the second time after being embarrassed the year before? I just think this is a more of a line of scrimmage team that is, I mean, Penn State, they uh, Penn State and Ohio State just uh, that that was impressive uh, to me, and I think it's going to finally catch up because this Georgia schedule was not that tough. It really wasn't uh, this year. So I like Michigan to win it all. I'm going to lay the eight. I don't like the I don't like laying the eight a ton, but I am going to lay it in this spot because I like them after kind of getting having more of a routine, more of a business like approach second time around with a lot of these players. I, I do too. I'll second that. And then, so I'm a little bit different than Matt here, but this is not one of my favorite bowl picks, but you touched on the two things that I really think are important here, Jimmy, those two really big games uh, for Michigan. And listen, the team can't maintain that high level all season long, but the way they performed against Penn state and Ohio state and the way they took over that game, it took a while for them to get going against Ohio state. But once they did, that makes me think, I mean, this is the sort of effort I think we'll get against uh, TCU. And Matt's point about that TCU rush defense, little soft there. And I know Michigan's defense bent some too, uh, but Edwards, man, they didn't miss quorum at all when he went out. And I, that's sort of my thought. You can replace running backs. They've got enough running backs at Michigan. Um, and um, uh, and McCarthy is a big play quarterback. I mean, those are Air Force-like stats. It's like Huzik Daniels uh, with those numbers. So I'm with uh, Jimmy a little bit here on Michigan. It, again, not my favorite play in that eight, and it could easily fall, you know, set four, seven. I mean, it could fall back, you know, back door and things like that. And one thing about Duggan, he's not quitting. And we've seen a little bit out of everything. We've seen the long touchdown run against Oklahoma. We've seen the gutty, the grittiness against Kansas State. 
I mean, so you know they've 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 their their offense has some weapons, and they will test Michigan. But I think Michigan uh, to win it all. Let's move the second one, uh, the second game, Georgia and Ohio State, uh, seven and sixty-two right now at Bet Rivers. As I talked about, man, Oregon forty-nine to three, and that was ugly. Seven possessions, seven touchdowns against a pretty good team uh, in uh, number eleven, Oregon. It's South Carolina forty-eight to seven. That was the third week of the season. Then here comes the kind of, all right, we're going through the motions here. Kent State was ugly. Missouri, double-digit double digit deficit in the fourth quarter. They blast Auburn and Vanderbilt. Florida, Richardson threw for all kinds of yards. They looked great against Tennessee. That seemed like it was a bigger uh, margin in 27-13. But then Kentucky and Georgia Tech were less than, uh, uh, impressive as well. And LSU had 500 yards in the conference championship game. So Georgia, everybody looks back to last year. It has to catch up with them at some point to lose that many guys to the NFL draft, that many first-rounders. Ohio State, man, you tell me. I'm lucky to be here, and sometimes those are some of the more dangerous teams, Bruce. Yeah, uh, they, they are. They get, they get a second uh, chance. I mean, we've seen uh, – I mean, heck, Alabama has ended up winning uh, in the past when it looked like they may not even make uh, in, into the playoffs or into the championship game. So, uh, yeah, you give a team a reprieve like that. <clears throat> but I'll say this about Georgia, and, and you touched upon it there, uh, Jimmy. And when, when the real Georgia showed up this year, I mean, uh, this was the best team in the country by a good margin. Uh, not just the Oregon game. The South Carolina game was a challenge uh, early on. South Carolina thought they had a shot. Uh, no chance in that game. The Tennessee game was for three quarters of that game. Into the fourth quarter, it was just completely one-sided. That was a misleading score, but it was still a comfy a Georgia win. And I would maintain, you know, LSU's yards. Look, that game was 35-10 to 10 at halftime in the SEC championship game. So I'd, I'd uh, minimize whatever damage LSU did uh, belatedly in that game. It was a, It was the thumping. Georgia collapses you in the middle with Jalen Carter and that defensive front. I, I don't know that it, when, when they come to play like that, I mean, they just wreck you up front uh, with that defensive front. And their offensive front, you talk about pristine protection. Uh, uh, Bennett has not been sacked the, the, the second half of the season. He's only been sacked seven times the whole year. So they, when they come to play, they really dominate you uh, up front. And I think Bennett is a very, very underrated quarterback, um, almost in the Duggan, a little bit different style than Duggan, but I mean, same sort of, uh, of a performer there. Steps up to the big occasion, makes plays. Uh, he's like a coach on the field, perfect leader for Kirby Smart's offense. I will say this about Ohio State. I could be wrong here, but this is my read from watching this stuff for decades, that this team reflects their coach, and that this is a bully team. And uh, Ryan Day loves to put up 70 points on MAC teams when he can and, and run up scores, uh, although his points per record isn't all that overwhelming. But these last two games against Michigan, uh, the title game against Alabama a couple years ago, went teams that really stood up to Ohio State and just said, nope, you're not going to be able to push us around. This doesn't count the Rose Bowl last year. Utah did things returning kickoffs and some hit some big plays on them. But physically, they got uh, handled. Uh, and Michigan ended up controlling that game physically against uh, uh, Ohio State in late November. But Ohio State didn't react well. There doesn't seem to be a plan B. And this is, this is characteristic of my read on day, uh, that when everything's going good and they can outman you, he will punish you like, uh, like Woody Hayes used to do it. 
but I have not liked the reaction from them uh, against uh, uh, Michigan the last two years. I think Georgia's going to physically beat them the same way, and I think they're going to pull away and win this game handily. So uh, uh, this is the best team in the country when they show up. And, uh, by the way, it's uh, kind of in their backyard there, too. So uh, I lean to the Bulldogs here. All right, yeah, as number one seed, you have your uh, choice of venue, Matt. So uh, Bruce likes uh, the Georgia minus the seven. How do you see it? Well, this is exactly where I did not want to be today. I'm on the opposite side of Bruce Marshall on both games. Here we go. Okay. I'm taking I'm taking the dog here again. I'm taking both dogs. And I'm taking the seven with Ohio State, which has been a favorite in 25 consecutive games. And I kind of like it that uh, Ohio State's fortunate to be in the playoff field and playing with house money, and this is a redemption-seeking underdog. And I think that's what makes the Buckeyes dangerous here. Jimmy, I agree with you. I thought Georgia was shaky in uh, a few games. Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Missouri. And Kirby Smart still bothers me. I know it's hard to criticize a coach who won a national championship, but he he still makes questionable game management decisions. And that can come back to bite you in a game like this. I think the Buckeyes are ready to take advantage of their second chance here. Less pressure on Ryan Day. I think C.J. Stroud is ready to seize the opportunity here. Uh, Ohio State, by the way, 8-2 and two, the last 10 times in the underdog role, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, I do have some concerns, obviously. Anytime you bet an underdog, you're going to have concerns. And uh, Stetson Bennett is not a game manager anymore. He can make some big plays. He's, he gets great pass protection, as Bruce noted. Georgia's running game can pound you. 255 yards on 44 carries against LSU. Uh, and the Buckeyes have been exposed as too soft on defense in the last two losses to the Wolverines. Uh, but I, I think you can throw the ball in this Georgia defense. And uh, I, I believe C.J. Stroud's going to do that here with Marvin Harrison Jr. and his his talented wideouts. I don't like it that Jackson Smith and Jigba's out, but he has done nothing this year. He has five catches. Uh, Travion Henderson out. That's what I really don't like. But I do like the role reversal. You put the Buckeyes in the dog roll. They had an embarrassing fourth quarter against uh, Michigan. Previous to that, what's the line on this game? If uh, if it's Georgia, Ohio State, uh, and Ohio State doesn't have that fourth quarter fiasco against Michigan, I think you're catching a little bit of value on the number here. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ohio State plus seven. And, Jimmy, I don't think Georgia's going to win the whole thing either. I, I like Michigan. I like the Wolverines to get by TCU by a field goal and beat whoever wins this game. Yeah, I um, I, I just think that uh, Georgia – and listen, Bennett, Stetson Bennett, um, he's a little bit better than your typical walk-on, okay? He deserves a starting job. He has deserved and he has made some plays. But, man, he plays with fire a lot of times as well. And he's a gunslinger. And, I mean, he just fires it in there um, and – Sometimes, I mean, there was one that could have been easily a pick six against Kentucky, and where Kentucky was offensively challenged in that game, that could have been tough. It's interesting. Uh, I'm not crazy about Ohio State in this game. I do love the angle that you present, though, Matt, that the 25 straight game, wait, wait, we're underdogs? Wait, we're Ohio State? And so who has been the second-best program uh, behind Alabama the last 10 years? Maybe Ohio State. Well, how has that angle Bruce worked when Alabama has been a rare underdog? Huh? They've been pretty good right. uh, in well, that spot. 
What's that? There, there, one other note here, and I, you guys make there's that's a good argument Matt makes for Ohio State, and I, and I don't I don't love uh, Georgia like I do some of these other bowl games, but keep in mind the and this happens a lot, and in, in, it's happened in the NFL playoffs throughout the years too. These championship sort of games and the and the semifinal games the last few years, they often turn one sided. Yeah, and and last year both of these games were decided by three TDs or more. The year before that, uh, by 21 and 17. The year before that, uh, 35. And the one close one was Clemson, Ohio State, yep. uh, down in the desert. So these things, it's just endemic to title games. And I've written about this a lot. When things, these things, the margins end up expanding a lot. So just keep that in mind, too. But that's a sound argument for Ohio State. I, don't, I, I, I can understand that argument. I'm just. My gut feel is Georgia's the best best team in the country, and the good Georgia will show up. Not, but uh, no, I've been even wrong before. With Smith and, uh, you know, now now Bruce, we know when your your beloved Mac, when you you know the Mac champion got seventy seven dropped on him by Ohio State, you're going to have it in for Ryan Day. I get that. <laughs> I know. I haven't gotten over that yet. <laughs> we 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 get that, but I just don't think this Georgia team is quite what some of those other teams that we've talked about. Last year's Alabama and Georgia teams, those Clemson and Alabama teams, you know, that, that LSU team. I mean, no, this Georgia team is not quite, you know, uh, they don't have a Deshaun Watson or a Joe Burrow or, you know, I mean, and it's the, the roster is good. They've been great. But the SCC, it was the best in the comp, best conference, but it, went, it was lacking the super teams. Imagine Alabama. What's the last time they played five 50-50 games? Five games that came down to the bar. Five? I mean, the first one against Texas, the whole world stopped because, oh, wait, this is our one this year where they might lose. I mean, they had five of them. And so the league is the league was in flux in a lot of ways, you know, with first-year coaches at resource-rich uh, programs. I just don't think that maybe this group has a super team. We might not, we might not see those, you know, 30-point swings uh, in this game. And TCU's the biggest one yeah. that has to prove that they belong. You know, they're the they're – the, Cincinnati, I thought, was way more respectable than some of those Notre Dame teams that we've seen, that Michigan State team, you know, and, and, yeah. so, uh, and some of those. So, uh, we will see. But I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Michigan. I do think that um, – I think that uh, Georgia Ohio State is going to be a good game. I don't have a, a a side on that, but I think that Georgia is very beatable as a number one seed. And typically, uh, the SEC undefeated SEC team against against this group would be a a, wide, wide, a lot wider margin. So Matt's going with the dogs. TCU plus the eight. Ohio State plus the seven. First time in 26 games that Ohio State is an underdog. Bruce is laying a chalk with Michigan minus eight and Georgia minus seven. And I'm going with Michigan and laying the points, but also more to win the title as well. Anything else, guys, before we wrap up uh, on their college football semifinals? No, I think we pretty much uh, uh, covered it there. I uh, I give you credit, Jimmy, for uh, taking Michigan the whole way. I haven't even started to think about the title game yet. I'll kind of wait for these <laughs> these games to get over with. But you may have a point. I mean, Michigan, uh, this might be the year for uh, Harbaugh. By the way, they're talking about the NFL for him again. I don't think he's going to leave Michigan at this point. But if he's like Pete Carroll and 
thinks he still has something to prove in the NFL. He's about the same age Carroll was when Carroll left SC. Just keep an eye on that after the bowl games. Well, I, I, I like their, their spot uh, this time around, so I think they'll be a little bit more. And this is for, for an SEC arrogant type of guy. I mean, in these matchups, when, we, when we've seen it, I mean, it's just, just look at the results. I mean, sometimes these really special teams from the SEC, it's hard for other teams to compete. Even some of those Ohio State teams, uh, but not the case uh, this year. Matt, anything else before we go? Jimmy, I'm uh, just surprised you admitted that you're arrogant. So, <laughs> <laughs> On that, for Matt Newman's a piece and first marshal of the gold sheet, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.